Hey, everybody. Welcome to All There Is. I'm your host, Kelly Bargabas. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm recording this episode on my birthday, which is September 18th. And as you probably can tell from my podcast episodes, I'm a pretty reflective person. But on my birthday, I am extra reflective and introspective. I really take it to the next level. I've always been like that. I just It's just kind of a time for me to check in and figure out what I'm doing in my life and where I want to go next year and, and also to pause and be grateful for everything that I have in my life, my family, my friends, my husband, my job, uh, my health, all those really important things, right? And this podcast, All There Is, is all about the human experience. And lately, I've been noticing and watching this certain experience with old people around me and the experience that they're having. Now, I use the term old. I know it's a subjective term, first of all, right? If you're a teenager, anyone over 30 is old. Many would classify me as old. When you get to be my age, old is like my parents' age, over 75, let's say. I also don't use the word old in a negative or pejorative sense. To me, that word is not a negative old, right? It just means that you've survived. Old is the goal, right? We're all supposed to be getting older. So I also don't use it in a negative way or in a pejorative sense or to be condescending or critical, which I think you'll see as I keep talking. When I say old, I simply mean people who have lived, survived, and endured for a certain number of years. And lately, I find myself watching old people, and I love watching them do just about anything. We went to a local rec center, and at the gazebo in the park on a random Tuesday summer night, there was a band who wasn't all that great, but she was singing. She was doing a good job singing Janis Joplin's Bobby McGee. And I looked around, and there were a lot of senior citizens there, some in wheelchairs, most in some kind of chair. And they were singing along to Janis Joplin with a big smile on their face. You know, from that to the older people I see in my church service on Sunday morning, raising their hands in worship to God, and old people chair dancing to a blues band at a bar I'm in. And I love watching these scenes lately, and I think it's because the older I get, the more I appreciate how fucking hard it is to keep going. I mean, really, life is 50-50 at best, if you're lucky. It kicks you in the teeth year after year, and we keep going. You keep going. Getting up, making the bed, feeding the dog, feeding the kids, arranging for holiday dinners like it's not the hundredth time we've done this. And you know exactly who's going to get inappropriately wine drunk and say all the wrong things and start fights. And you know who's going to walk around and say, pull my finger to the youngest kids among us. No matter who you are, the longer you are on this earth, you lose people you love, right? We lose people to death, to addiction, to arguments and fights. You lose yourself and who you use to be. You get fired, you lose jobs, you might get a long-term illness, people disappoint you, the news gets scarier and scarier. And on top of all of that, your body is not the same, right? You can't see as well, hear as well, think as fast. It gets harder and harder to keep up. And yet there are so many among us who are aging out, myself among them, who smile and shake your hand and are nice to you in Walmart or standing at the edge of their driveway as you walk by on your morning walk. They really are becoming my heroes, the ones who keep going, the battle-scarred, the weary and worn, yet vibrant, alive, and still finding a reason to smile, to connect, to keep going, despite it all. 
All of this thinking lately reminded me of an essay I wrote a number of years ago called Grandfather Mountain. It was published in a journal called The Mountain by Outrider Press in 2014. I actually went to Chicago with my mom and sister nine years ago in September to do a reading. The video is on my website if you want to check it out. But I thought I'd share that essay with you today, and I hope it resonates. Grandfather Mountain Anchored between two sheer rock faces on the peak of Grandfather Mountain hangs the mile-high swinging bridge. Steel cables support the 228-foot catwalk, suspended 5,946 feet in midair, spanning an 80-foot chasm with waist-high guardrails on both sides. The brochure said this bridge would be a challenge to cross if you have a fear of heights, but I knew the view on the other side would be worth the pounding heart, the wet palms, and the relentless what-ifs that created a tornado in my mind. I had to do it. My mistake was letting my mother read the brochure. I am not climbing through the air, she said after looking at the picture. My mother is not the most adventurous person. She relies on my father to do most of the driving and rarely goes to the grocery store alone. She doesn't swim or boat or go to new places or seek excitement in any shape or form. I'm always trying to convince her to do the things she's afraid of. Speak her mind, take that writing class, visit those places she's dreamed of, travel outside her comfort zone. Come on, Mom, you can do this. I'll keep my feet on solid ground, thank you. You'll be glad you did it after it's over. I hated the way she missed experiences in life because she was afraid. She hadn't always been this way. It's been a progressive condition. In the last 20 years or so, she's grown more timid, more afraid, more helpless. I knew from her family story she was on her own at 16 years old. She didn't eat if she didn't work. Her mother too busy with drinking and carousing. Her father off with his new wife in a faraway state. I knew from my family stories that as a young bride, she was left alone for 13 years to raise her four small children, her husband too busy with drinking and carousing. Back then, she did whatever was necessary. She drove to the grocery store, doctor's appointments, swimming lessons, friends' houses. My mother's barely five-foot petite frame held its own when she raced snowmobiles with my father and his friends. She was home alone with us kids when she took the phone call in the middle of the night. Your son is dead on arrival. My older brother had fallen three stories out of his college apartment to the sidewalk below. They thought he was dead. Then they thought he'd never read again, that he'd never finish college. I witnessed my mother's strength at my brother's bedside for weeks on end while she prayed him back to life. She never gave up. I saw her bravery firsthand. I remembered. Why did it fade away? On my 45th birthday, I asked my mother to tell me about the day I was born. I was alone. Your father was working as always. I had gone to my doctor's appointment, and he told me to get to the hospital right away. I went home, packed a bag, and drove myself. I was very scared. But you did it anyway, I said. I didn't have a choice. What happened to that girl? Hmm. I think I was so strong for too long, and I just broke. I couldn't do it anymore. That's why I pushed her to do things like walk across the bridge at Grandfather Mountain, because I knew she could, and I thought if I could show her that she's still that same girl, that same young woman, that same middle-aged mother, she'd get some of it back. After a 13-hour drive over two days and the rundown condo that was dirty and smelled like urine, I was trying to find something to salvage the wayward vacation I had dragged my husband and parents on, something significant before I announced that we would leave before the week was out and head home early. Once I explained that we could drive to the top of Grandfather Mountain, enjoy the view and a picnic lunch, and that nobody would be forced to cross the bridge, they agreed to come with me. With my mother still muttering about her feet and solid ground, we enjoyed the scenic route along 
along the Blue Ridge Parkway and all got out of the car to check out the view once we arrived at the summit. I was going across with or without her and moved towards the bridge. Before I took my first step onto the catwalk, my mother appeared at my side and took my hand at the last second. Let's go, she said, looking straight ahead. I didn't let on how surprised I was, even though my hand was only slightly bigger than hers that wrapped around her pint-sized one, the same one that had always felt cool on my forehead when I was hot with fever, the same one that smacked my cheeks if I was mouthy, the same one that had planted and picked vegetables, sifted through flour and pie dough. Mine were a mirror image, my purple veins and brown sunspots lying dormant still, yet every time I looked down at my hands, I recognized them as hers. The boards beneath our feet creaked and moaned with each step, reminding us why it's sometimes called the singing bridge, and it swayed with the weight of us and its other trespassers. With both of us looking to the other side, hands together, we crossed that chasm. Once there, we posed for a picture, our fair, freckled skin pale against the coveted view captured in the background. My mother's white hair was striking against the sky, her green tracksuit blending with the trees, my baseball cap containing my curls, my white hair still hidden by natural looking color. I'm only two inches taller, but with my left hand in the air and my right still holding her, I was a giant. They say on a clear day you can see for a hundred miles, and if you're really lucky, the skyline of Charlotte. I don't remember seeing any bald eagles, white-tailed deer, or the black bears that are known to inhabit the mountain. What I do remember about that day was walking across the bridge, holding my mother's hand, knowing she was scared out of her mind, knowing she did it anyway, knowing that a remnant of the old her was still alive. That's what I'll never forget. And when I look at that picture today, crouching behind the fear and relief in her eyes, I see the woman I wanted to find. She was there that day. My face could barely contain my smile, having borne witness to a glimpse of my mother's spirit, the one whose strength lives on in me. I'm so thankful and grateful for her spirit, for the spirit that she passed on to me. And I hope this resonated with you. And as you move throughout this week and month and you know, this next year, and you look around and you observe people around you, look for those. Look for the battle-scarred, the weary and worn, yet they still have that vibrant, alive look in their eyes and still finding a reason to smile and to connect with you. Those are the heroes we should be holding up as examples of how to age and how to grow old in this world. Thanks for sharing this podcast with me today. You can go to kellybargabas.com. You can check out past episodes. Give me a shout out by liking, reviewing, sharing. And until we meet again, take care. <laughs>